Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Welcome everybody to Nightlight. Thank you so much to Ken Quiethawk for his amazing intro. Uh, I so appreciate him and his time and his efforts, and I, I want to highly recommend all of you check out him on the Internet. He and his wife are both Native storytellers, and they, they have kept alive the tradition of Native storytelling and preserving cosmology and history and antiquity through stories that I think is very important, and it's important that all of us realize that the spoken word is probably a better way of keeping records than written word, unless, of course, you're talking about 2,000 years, and then maybe a little bit of writing here and there helps. But check out Ken on the Internet uh, and and listen to some of his stories because they do bring bring to life a lot of Native American mythology and history that that is profound and important today for us all to recognize. Um, so today I have an old friend, um, Ahmed Osman, is with me again. We've we've been through a number of his books over the years, and we're we're doing um, the or- secret origin of the royal bloodline today. And again, he has he has absolutely amazed me with his material. Um, he's been he's he's been with us for a long time, and and he has um, been been delving into the historical origin of the stories of the Bible for the last thirty or forty years, probably longer. And the material that he's come out with is startling, and I think profound in in today's today's society when we are looking into the origin of so much within our lives and the bible is one of those those aspects that you know has been under the microscope not that it's not true just that it's the when and the where that that have been shifted around possibly so um 
Trust me, you're going to be amazed. I was. So welcome to the show, Ahmed. I'm so glad you're with me again. Uh, thank you for inviting me uh, to talk to you again. Well, your your material is profound. And, and before we came on the air, um, you know, we were talking briefly. We we did do your book on Akhenaten and the fact that he 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 was most probably the biblical Moses and that the story of Akhenaten and the story of Moses have so much correlation that it's unbelievable. And, I mean, we, we did a whole two hours on it, and I recommend people go back and listen to that interview because that was fascinating. But, you know, once you get that under your belt, once you once you see the comparisons, once you see the fact that, that the stories are so similar, you have to wonder what else is out of time and is out of step. And I think the thing that, that um, was so profound for me was the, the very first thing you, you spoke of was um, the, um, the fact that, that the Egyptian mummy that, that has been named Yuya um, had exactly the same titles and, and honorariums that Joseph, um, son of Jacob, um, had in, in the Bible. And the more you equated them, the more the more similar they became. And and it, it's you you again are are bringing the fact that our, our our Christianity came not not from where we thought it came from, but from Egypt. And I think it's important that, that people understand that correlation because it's so important. But the the one thing that that is in your book that that, as I said before, took my breath away. The mummy of Yuya is um, I, I forget what museum it's in, but you you went to see it, and when you when I looked at the picture, and realized that I could be looking at a picture of Joseph from the Bible. It took my breath away. It stopped me dead in my tracks, and I kept going back to it because it's not—it's—it's it's so well preserved. It could be the man himself, you know, fleshed out a little bit. But, but you see him. You see there, there, there is kindness and compassion in the face. It's—it was just the most startling moment that I've had in a long time when reading a book, and so. So what what sent you on this this journey? Because once you got into Yuya and and the fact that he was he was Joseph from the Bible that that sent you you know down a rabbit hole that you know I'm I'm surprised you ever came out of 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 equating the Egyptian counterpart to what the Bible has talked about. Yeah, the thing is that what maybe starts all this uh, research. Is the fact that when I was a young boy, uh, the conflict, political and military conflict between my country, Egypt, and the new uh, established uh, Israeli state was, was too much. And I wondered why are they fighting? I mean, after all, the Israelis were in Egypt and went out of Egypt. And, uh, and uh, why should we fight instead of sitting down and, and talk it over, you see? So I uh-huh. decided to 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 see uh, if uh, the Bible story, which is also 
in the Quran uh, about Joseph coming to Egypt, bringing back, uh, the Israelite family, Jacob and his family, and Moses being born in Egypt and so on. If this is history, because now we are in the age of, uh, of science and technology, now with the age of uh, archaeology, everything in Egypt has been dug out. So I thought if the story in, in the holy books is real history, not just fiction, then we should find historical evidence to confirm it. So that's what I, I started to work. And uh, I came, to, I left my country, I came to London uh, to, to search and, and, and study and so on. I had to study ancient Egyptian history and a little bit of the Bible and, and the Hebrew language and, and so on. And uh, one night, it was a cold night, I, I got up suddenly in the middle of the night, I couldn't sleep. So I made myself a cup of tea and sat by the fireplace and started to read the story of Yuya, Joseph, in Genesis, the book of Genesis, which I had read before 10 times. But that night, I, I saw something I never saw before. When Joseph's brother came to Egypt to buy corn, and the second time, he was a little bit passionate. They did not recognize him because he was an Egyptianized, and they were Bedouin, uh -huh. as they were before. He recognized them, but, I mean, he invited them for a meal at his house. But then, in an emotional moment, he came to them and, and told them, I am Joseph, your brother. And they were uh, embarrassed because they sold him as a slave and now he's uh, helping them and so on. So they tried to, to apologize and, uh, and so on. But he said, it was not you who brought me here. It was God who made me father to Pharaoh. In that moment, I realized that father to Pharaoh is a very rare Egyptian title, which is Eat, Netter, and Neptawi. Eat, Father, Netter, Holy, Holy Father, Neptawi of the Lord of the Two Lands, which is Pharaoh. I realized this was an Egyptian title, and the only one who got it in Egypt was called Yuya. So I couldn't sleep. I couldn't back, go back to sleep. I waited until the morning, and I went to the library, and they brought the book that uh, when they discovered the, the, the mummy of Yuya in a tomb in the Valley of the Kings. I, I went to get the book of the discovery and find everything about Yuya. I was surprised to know that everything the Bible mentioned about Joseph is found evidence of it. Is I mean, they, they say, for instance, as well as... Uh, the, the father of Pharaoh, we find this title, Eat Netter in Neptau, in the, in the tomb. And also because the Bible says that when Joseph was appointed by Pharaoh in his position, he gave him some items uh, that uh, related to his job. He gave him a chariot because he became responsible for the chariot. He gave him a, a golden necklace and he gave him his uh, uh, royal ring. Uh, 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 all these three things were found in the tomb of, of Yuya. He also uh, uh, married him to an Egyptian 
lady, which was from the royal family of the 18th dynasty, which was a priestess, the daughter of, of the, uh, the, the, the uh, priest of On, Heliopolis, of, of Ra in Heliopolis. And, uh, and, and this lady, Tuya, is, was, <laughs> her father was from On. Uh, I mean, everything that the Bible says about Yuya, uh, about Joseph, was found in the tomb of Yuya. This was surprising. I mean, this is the first time I mean, I've been uh, able to connect uh, 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 biblical characters in the Egyptian uh, history through uh, 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 archaeology. Uh, this is uh, this is there, and to be for more surprising, the Bible says obviously that Joseph was mummified and put in a tomb in Egypt, but the Book of Exodus says that uh, Moses took the uh, body. The, uh, of Joseph when he came out. Uh, however, the, the Talmud have a different account. The, the Talmud uh, have a different account. Uh, it says that jo- uh, Moses looked for the mummy of Joseph. He couldn't find it. So he said, sorry, Joseph, we can't see it. So the, the, this is it. It, is, it was in the Cairo Museum, in the old Cairo Museum, and I went there and saw it. But now they have removed it to the new museum. They are going to open uh, as soon as the corona thing settles down. Did you did you have the same feeling that I did when you looked at his face? Yeah, you see, I, I tell you why I, I went to see it. I had uh, at that time uh, I was a friend with Terence Stamp, the movie star Terence Stamp. Uh, I was a friend of his, and I met him, and I told him of my uh, identification. I showed him the picture and so on. But he said, uh, Stamp was a kind of a ritual kind of Sufi thing. He said, have you seen the mummy? I told him, no, but this is a picture, I have it. He said, no, you have to go and see the mummy yourself. If, when you look at it, you, you, you can feel this is Joseph, then you are right. I, I I went to Egypt. I went to Cairo Museum, and they saw the mummy, and I, I, I was very surprised. I, it looked like a, a, a coffee color, uh, color because of the mummification. Uh, but he, he, this is the best ever preserved mummy in Egypt. I mean, he's complete. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I I looked at his face. And I don't know really. I couldn't explain. I I I went in a kind of a trance. I I went uh-huh. out of the museum. I walked by the Nile River, the opposite side of, of my direction, home. And suddenly I I realized that I I was going in the right direction. And it was uh, I mean I was yeah I I had the feeling this this is uh, Joseph yeah. And well, I think that you know, I, I I didn't go into a trance, but I looked at the picture, and all I could think of was, oh my goodness, this brings a lot of dead history to life, and and you know, it it, it just um, it overwhelmed me, and and as I said before, people should buy the book just to look at the picture. Um, because 
it 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 is startling. It is um, awe inspiring. It is amazing. So so obviously you you went further because you know you've got a book, um, and I think that that what the thing about your book books you know the the many that I've read I think this is the third one or fourth one um the one thing that keeps coming up is that christianity um the, the as we know it the stories and the myths come out of egypt all of them and that in many cases the timeline of the bible is off by as much as 800 years yeah which, you see the thing is once I went, uh, I recognized that this is uh, Joseph uh, uh, during the time of Amenhotep III uh, of the 18th dynasty. I realized that, the, uh, I mean, the king uh, himself, Amenhotep III, married the daughter of, of Joseph, of Uriah. He married the uh-huh. daughter, and the, 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 he brought a son from her called Akhenaten. Surprising enough, Akhenaten was the first in history to identify the Holy Spirit as one person. I mean, Aten, only one. Yes. And he, when, when he came to rule on his own, he closed all the temples. Only Aten should be uh, worshipped. So this is, I mean, this is the first time in history. I mean, uh, then again, uh, regarding jo- Jesus, I mean, Really, uh, I mean, I mean, if you go, I mean, let, let me start first with, with, uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, the gospel, uh, not the gospel, um, uh, uh, with, with the New Testament. Uh, uh-huh. uh, the, the, in his letter to the Galatians. St. Paul says, uh, says to the Israel, to the Hebrews, the gaze to the Hebrews, believe to the Hebrews. He says, "You were given the New Testament when you were in Sinai, and you refused it." This is surprising, you see. But we see when you see that uh, when Moses was, according to the Bible, uh, when Moses was in Sinai with the Israelites followers, he had somebody, I mean, who he introduced to his followers as, uh, 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 as his successor, Joshua, uh-huh. the son of Nun. We don't know his father. Nun is a fish. Yeah. And he uh-huh. used to go up w- 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 on the mountain with him when he got the, the Ten Commandments. Now we have in three gospels of, of the of the New Testament, John is not it's not in John, but the three other gospels have a very strange scene, which I think this is maybe the only historical story in the gospel, when uh, Jesus took uh, three of his disciples and went to a mountain and climbed a mountain and there on the top of the mountain. He met Moses. Jesus, in the New Testament, met Moses on the top of the mountain. And being not a a personal experience, he being witnessed by three disciples. 
And then there was a cloud, and they heard the voice saying, this is my son, obey what he says. This is very surprising. I realized eventually from after that that Joshua, because the word Joshua in Hebrew, in fact, is Yosef in Greek, which became Jesus in English language. Jesus is Joshua. I mean, the first translation of the Hebrew Bible into Greek took place in Alexandria, 300 BC. And the only name there is Jesus, means Jesus is the son of Nun. You see what I mean? This is before uh-huh. the Christian era. Jesus is there. So, I mean, his name is, is Jesus. The name is the same. Now, if you were to look at history, I mean, I mean the Quran has a story which is not in the Bible that identifies Mary, the mother of Jesus, as a sister of Aaron and Moses. And Muslim, uh, I mean, theologians thought it, it could be a mistake. They, they said, no, you know, it, it, looks, it looks like, I mean, they meant that he, I mean, she came from the house of, of, of Moses. Because her name is, her father's name also is Amram, the same, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, it is very confusing uh, when we know uh, that uh, Joshua, if you see, look at Tutankhamun, the, the son of Akhenaten, Moses, uh-huh. is Tutankhamun. When he came to the throne, he came uh, after a, a, a military coup. After when Akhenaten closed the temples, and so on, nobody was able to, realize, to recognize an abstract uh, idea of a God with no image. So it was not popular. His, his message was not popular. So yeah. he was overthrown by a, mili- a military coup. And he had to abdicate the throne to his son, Tutankhamun, and he went to exile in Sinai, in Sarabit al-Khadim in Sinai. There's evidence of that. Now, Tutankhamun was a young boy of nine years old. He could do nothing. I mean... In, in, so he left the situation for about five years. When he was 14, he realized that the temples are closed and people are not able to worship. And the temple is a, was the center of life in ancient Egypt. It was the center of a school uh, and festivals and, uh, and hospitals uh, 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 and, and everything. So he uh, reopened the temple and allowed the ancient deities to be worshipped. He even changed his own name. To Tut An- he was born, and when he was born, he got the name of Tut Aton, the holy image of Adonai, the holy image of Aton, Adonai. But he changed uh-huh. his name to Tut Amon. So, I mean, they said he... Uh, but at the very end, if you look at the, his throne seat in, in, found in his mummy, the seat, uh, uh, he, he found uh, at the top of, of the back of the seat in a cartouche. Cartouche means being royal. The name of Athen as the one and only God. So he believed until the very end that God is, Athen is one and other. So what he did really is he introduced mediators. The, the, I mean, this is the first uh, uh, in the history 
of the Bible. This is the first time we have angelic mediators between God, uh, heaven, uh, and, the, and the people. He allowed them to be worshipped, uh, I mean, allowed people to worship God through a mediators, the different mediators, you see. And uh-huh. we find it in the New Testament after that. You see. Uh, if you go uh, again to the tomb of Tutankhamun, the main wall in the tomb of Tutankhamun has the gospel of, 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 of Jesus. Yeah, on the very, in the very right side of it. We have three scenes. The right scene, we have uh, Tutankhamun mummified. His mummy is standing up. And uh, uh, his successor, I, King I, uh, performing as a priest, performing the ritual of the opening of the mouth. Opening of the mouth means resurrection, bringing him back to life. And then, uh, usually, the priest would shout, Osiris has risen from the dead. So this is a rising. If you look at the middle uh, scene, you find Tutankhamun now in, in all the form, arriving to heaven, being welcomed by the goddess of heaven. So Jesus was resurrected, and he was risen on the 40, the, after 40 days to, to, to the heaven. And the left scene, we have three forms, three forms of the same person. I mean, we, we see Tutankhamun in three different forms. The very left one is an Osiris form. He's a green form, an Osiris form, extending his arms to hold uh, another Tutankhamun as a Horus, the sun. And behind uh, the, uh, Horus, uh, Tutankhamun, we have a car, Tutankhamun as a car, the spirit. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, three in one, the, in Tutankhamun's tomb. 1400 years BC. The Tutankhamun tomb includes the gospel of Christ. You see, so I believe really that Jesus Christ was, uh, I mean, the son of Tutankhamun. I mean, people might find it a little bit too, uh, I mean, uh, mean, it's strange, but this is it. Go and see it for yourself. Go and see the tomb, uh, see the uh, thing. And uh, if you look at the situation, the idea of a Messiah, every Egyptian uh, pharaoh was a Messiah in the sense that he got this title. Because, you see, one of the rituals that the king of Egypt, the pharaoh of Egypt, has to go through in order to be sit on the throne is to be... Uh, uh, I mean, his palace would be, uh, I mean, uh, I mean uh, uh, they use the, 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 the fat of the crocodile to, to, to anoint uh, the palace of the king because they believe this uh, will make his, uh, his descendants uh, stronger, you see. And because of that, he gets a title with with the shape, I mean, in hieroglyphics, uh, two crocodiles. Crocodile in Egypt was called Meta, and uh-huh. they have the dual, uh, in the dual form, Messiah. Messiah is a Messiah. So every king was a Messiah. The only thing is that Jesus was a, a unique 
first of all, because he was the, the redeemer, not just the title, he, because the redeemer in the sense that he, I mean, after people were lost, uh, I mean, he brought them back. Uh, if you look in the, in the book of Isaiah, prophet Isaiah, 6th century BC, you find a strange uh, also confirmation of, of what I'm saying. When Isaiah says, the Lord Adonai, the Lord will give himself to you. A damsel will, will become pregnant and she will bring a son and she will call, call him uh, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Yeah. Emmanuel. And, and Emmanuel, the, the, the church translated this as seeing God with us, with us God, uh, is God. But in fact, I translated differently. His God is Amun. Because Amun, as well as being the, the, the name of, of a god of Egypt called Amun, it, it also means the hidden one, the hidden god. So, I mean, in Emmanuel, in, in, the, in the book of Isaiah, is, is, it's trying to, to explain why in the changing of Tutankhamun's name, I mean, he identified uh, Amun uh, 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 as, as, his, as, his God, as, as Elohim as well. Uh-huh. Emmanuel, uh, Amun, his Amun, his Amun is Elohim. This is what, uh, I mean, we find different, uh, in different areas, and then, we find evidence of Christians being, I mean, what about the Dead Sea Scrolls? What about the community of Qumran and the Dead Sea Scrolls? They had this, uh, the teacher of righteousness. Righteousness, this is, a, <laughs> this, is a, this is a Messiah. I mean, I mean, who are being killed before by a priest and they, they are expecting him to come back, to return, not to come for the first time. And they celebrate that in the day, uh, 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 on the day uh, of the Last Supper. They, they eat the Last Supper, I mean, expecting him to come back after his death to resurrect. The first idea of resurrection, because in the Jewish tradition, in the Old Testament tradition, there is no resurrection. You see, but the, this community lived, I mean, uh, and it, it, it went back. Uh, some time. So all this well, you, uh, made me, yeah. You Please. spoke. You spoke in the book about, which I found fascinating, uh, the prophet Isaiah, um, in, and and this goes back to the sixth century BCE. He he called the Messiah Emmanuel. Um, he was speaking of one who had come and was expected to return in the future. So, yeah. is Jesus the returned? Is he, so? So Jesus is not the first Messiah that has been, you know, killed and, and whatever, but he is the return of the Messiah from Isaiah. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. The, the Jesus came and was killed in, uh, at the, 
was killed in Sinai before the exodus of the Israelites. He was killed okay. by Pinhas, by Pinhas. And it is Jesus who was expected to, all the way. There's the unique character. Jesus is a unique, I mean, the sense of, uh, of being the Messiah Redeemer. It's the only uh-huh. one in history. In, in, it's not repeated. This is the only character, you see. And the, okay. the, the whole idea, the whole idea, you see, if we look at the religion, I mean, it is the, the spiritual dimension. The, the, our feeling that we are not alone, that there is some universal power, and, and that we are, I mean, if you look even in the New Testament, Jesus says to his disciples, believe in me and you will never die. If you, I mean, if you believe in Jesus, if somebody, I mean, nobody saw Jesus Christ rising from the dead, except when the Mary Magdalene went to the temple and so on, to the tomb. Uh-huh. But if, I mean, all the people, I mean, I mean, St. Paul never saw Jesus in the flesh and blood. He was in his way from the, uh, Jerusalem to Damascus, and he saw it was an encounter. He, he said categorically, it was not flesh and blood that they saw. He had an encounter with Christ, who blamed him yeah. for persecuting his followers, you see. So, I mean, it was, uh, this is, uh, he said, believe in me and you will never die. Why? Because if you believe in him, resurrected, if, if you, be, you can believe that you, you, there and then you become resurrected, eternally living in the spirit. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the spirit of God is within us, with everybody. The light of God is within God is not outside, not in somewhere else. We are part of God in a spiritual sense. Yeah. So if, if, you, if, you, can, if you can recognize that there and then your third eye has been opened. And if you want to know God, you have to know yourself. It is inside. You are part of the universal power. And now even modern physicists come to the conclusion that this explosion that took place in the, I mean, the universe, the whole universe was created by energy. And we are part of this energy. Absolutely. So what about the, the fact that, that our time frames seem to be off? Is, is that um, something that, that, that the, the people who put the Bible together sort of <clears throat> skewed? I mean, we're off by... I mean, you go through, especially with Akhenaten, a lot of the things that that happened, went, that Moses went through and, and stuff um, aren't in history. But if you look at Egyptian history, they're there with Akhenaten, and that's that's like 800 years off. So, so is our time frame off? The thing is, what's happened is when the Israelites went out of Egypt, Moses did not go to the Holy Land with them. Moses died right. uh, uh, and was buried in, in, the, in, the, in the ditch. But uh, when they entered the land, uh, those who were in Egypt were not all the Hebrews. The Hebrews appeared on the scene in Canaan uh, about 15 centuries BC. They mainly were coming from Arabia. I mean, over the time, different uh, elements, different tribes 
migrated because the land, they lost the, the rivers and the water. They migrated to the north. The, the Canaanites, the Amorites, the, all the people who, who went to, I mean, the uh, uh, Euphrates and, and Syria, and, uh, they, all these came. So that in the 15th century BC, these tribes, not one tribe, many tribes, came from Arabia and threatened. The, we have evidence of that. Uh, the Amarna letters, I mean, kings and, and rulers of the different cities in Canaan sent to the Pharaoh uh, asking him to protect them from these uh, Hebrews, Habiro, who are attacking them. So uh, this is there. Only one tribe, not all the Hebrews came to Egypt, only one tribe, the tribe of, of Jacob, who was named Israel, came to Egypt, I mean, through uh, first uh, Joseph coming to Egypt, and he asked Pharaoh to invite his family, and Pharaoh invited Jacob, and uh, Jacob blessed Pharaoh, uh, and he came to Egypt with 70 a whole family of, of Israel. Israel is one family, not all the... I mean, and, and when, uh, after the Exodus, they went back to Canaan. I mean, they met, they joined with the other Hebrews that were there already before. They met with them, and, and to be, uh, strangely enough, they abandoned the, the, the Mosaic teaching of one God, and they started to worship the usual, uh, 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 I mean, deities of, of the Canaanites. Uh, and all the time, different prophets came to warn them and ask them to come back to Moses, and they didn't. When uh, uh, in the 16th century BC, the Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, conquered the land. He uh, he, he took the, the upper class of the of Yehuda, I mean, uh, 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 to Babylon as uh, as prisoners of war. Then it was then that the, the, the I mean the scribes sat down and remembered Moses and wrote the Bible for the first time. So about five centuries. After death of Moses, the Bible was written. Mostly, it was written from some uh, traditions, uh, I mean, uh, oral traditions that they got. Maybe they also found some different writing, some different place. So, and at that time, the, the, although when they came to Egypt first with Joseph and so on, they were welcomed, they became part of the royal family. When they left, in fact, they were persecuted, so they remembered the, the, what happened to them at the end, not in the beginning. So that's, they wanted to disassociate their history from the connection with the Egypt, you see. I mean, it was Sigmund Freud who suggested in his book, last book, Moses and Monotheism, that Moses was an Egyptian. Sigmund Freud said that. And he said, okay, the story of the birth of Moses is similar to a story of the birth of some ancient uh, heroes, like Agad of Babylonia, like, uh, uh, I mean, Oedipus of the Greeks and so on. In every case, a child was 
I mean, a, a child of a royal family was, uh, I mean, royal family was threatened. So the child, the baby was, I mean, the heir of the, they smuggled him out to be brought up by a poor family. And when they grew up, they realized his identity and he went back to uh, demand his uh, throne of his family. He said, it's only in, in, the, in the case of Moses, uh, instead of the uh, child born in the royal family and, and being brought up by the poor family, he was born in the poor family, Israelite poor family, and brought up uh, in the royal palace. He said this was a, a deliberate attempt by the uh, writers uh, uh, to, to hide the, the, the evidence. And also he said that the name Moses is not a Hebrew word. Moses must is an Egyptian word meaning the son or the heir. To Hut, Mos, Thoth, Mos, we have Mos. This is an Egyptian word and not a Hebrew name. He said Moses is an Egyptian. And, uh, so, uh, and, but, but he, I mean, uh, and he was interested when they discovered the tomb of Tutankhamun. Uh, and his daughter, Anna, was visiting Egypt and sending him letters. And he even got some items, small items from Egyptian. It is in his, in his museum in London now. So I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the Bible was written a long time after the event, with uh, now uh, the Bible, who, those who sat down to write the Bible had different traditions, different stories. So chronologically, they put them in their own place. This is what I think. Yeah, I mean, they used their own uh, belief, uh, so they made, uh, uh, cut any connection uh, with Egypt, and they uh, then put this, the story of David uh, after the story of Moses and, and so on. Yeah, for memory, when, when they wrote it, yeah. When you're talking, you know, 2,000 years, or, or even several hundred years, um, easy to to skew things to a certain degree. And when you're when you're trying to put together pieces of history from a two thousand year standpoint, you know there, the, you have to rely upon whatever there is. And certainly, we have the Egyptian texts, we have um, the Bible, we have the Talmud, and we have the Qur'an. And I, I found it fascinating that Jesus appears in 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 all sections and and in the Talmud. I mean, they 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 certainly have him listed as as a prophet. And um, but it does it does the, put him the, the Talmud the Talmud says that Jesus was was killed by Phinehas. Phinehas, the priest of of Moses. The Talmud places Jesus in the same time as Moses, exactly as I did. They said, I mean, Jesus was killed by Phinehas. I mean, Phinehas was a... uh, a, Phinehas is Phinehas, who was the high priest of of, uh, Akhenaten. And Phinehas became the the priest of, of Moses in Sinai. Now, because Tutankhamun, I believe that Tutankhamun, once he established the new system in Egypt, he went uh, to Sinai 
to ask his father to come back. Come back and you can worship Athens, you can worship whatever you live. We have to make everybody reach God through the channels they understand. And, uh, yeah. So it was then, it was then, I think, that Panahisi uh, uh, or Pinhas uh, believed that uh, Tutankhamun has changed his uh, religion and went back on the God of Moses. And I think that's why he was killed. And we have, uh, in the Old Testament, we have a story that says, if a prophet, if a prophet tells you to worship other gods, kill him and put, put his body on a tree. This is exactly what happened. So um, uh, Jesus was killed uh, in Sinai because they thought he was, uh, I mean, went back on the, one God of, of Muslim. He didn't, really. He didn't. But he allowed other, he allowed ordinary people to reach God through mediators. I uh -huh. mean, uh, yeah, this is what I believe in. That, that's, that's, what, that's what Jesus is. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, strangely enough, also, the name of Jesus in Quran, in Arabic, is not Yeshua. As, as should be, but uh, Isa, and Isa yeah. comes from the Essenes of the Qumrans. So, I, I mean, it's related to the Essenes. So they relate, I mean, Isa, the Essenes to Isa, the name of Jesus. I mean, we have, now we have the time, now we have, the, it is the time that we should know I mean, it's not miracles, it's not the age of miracles. We don't see miracles anywhere. We have to identify the thing. These people were real, human people who lived like us. We have to know the story as it is. I mean, the only mystical thing about it is the spirit. And we have to respect the spiritual dimension we have. And, uh, but we have to know the, the history of these people as it is from historical sources. This is what I believe in. Well, I totally agree with you. I, I know one of the things that did confuse me, because in the Talmud, um, they they talk about Jesus being hung, that they hung him, and yet, according to the Bible, he was crucified. So, is this just... I, I tell uh, you, is, I... I I better tell you about this crucified thing. Okay. I mean, I mean, how can the Son of God be crucified, being like criminals, a Roman? By the way, the Roman cross never appeared, even in Rome itself. The Roman cross didn't appear before the fourth and the fifth century AD. All the cross, the only cross, the symbol of Jesus was the fish. Either the yeah. fish or the ankh, the Egyptian uh, ankh. Because the ankh means eternal life. When they say that he was crucified, he means he died on the cross. All Egyptian pharaohs died on the cross. Because in the tomb, we have that. Because it means that he is not dead. That he is eternally living spiritually. I mean, Jesus was crucified, and if you if you look at the Nagah Hammadi 
gospel, Coptic gospel of Nagah Hammadi, is a gospel I mean, written by early Christian Coptic in Egypt, saying Jesus is talking, saying, look, look, they they claim that they are putting me on the cross. I mean, he, <laughs> I mean, he refuses to accept that. Now, if you if you look at the Nagah Hammadi gospel which was burned down by the, I mean, the, the original copy was burned down by the Roman church, but it was found in Egypt, a copy of it was found in Upper Egypt. They have Gospels that talk about Jesus Christ in a completely different way. He never went to Jerusalem, for instance. He never, I mean, I mean, Mary Magdalene was his wife. He yeah. married Mary Magdalene. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is the this is the idea. I mean, there is a difference. I, I call it even in the story itself. If you look at the Nagah Hammadi Gospel, which was translated into English and different other languages, yes, Jesus, we have a Gospel of, of Mary Magdalene, for instance, and she was one yeah. of the disciples, and Jesus kissed her on the mouth. Yeah, she was his wife. So we have to know yeah. the real history. Of these characters, so we in our modern age, I mean, rather than fairy tales, we have it, we better we better be sure of what we know. It's a confirmation. What I'm saying, I'm not denying the story. I'm not denying. I'm confirming. I'm making uh-huh. more more real. I mean, these people were humans. They did live without miraculous events. They did live like us, us, and they did die, and we have to know their story and believe in them. I, I totally agree with you. I think that it's it's fabulous that, that we now are getting different perspectives from different places in that time frame so that we can sort of sift through them and put them together and give us a, a, a more realistic um understanding of the people not 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 the myths but of the people that that went through this incredible time and um i i've, I've often wondered about the cross thing i just uh that that uh has always bothered me but but you know, you, you see, it, what when you look at the last book i i read the secret origin of the Bible, of the Holy Blood, you see. The idea is, I mean, there were some people in France that claimed that they were descended from Christ, that Christ uh-huh. married Mary Magdalene, and you know the Da Vinci Code and the story and so on. And yeah. So far, it, had, it was a little bit... I mean, uh, unbelievable. I mean, this claim. But I came to to show to see that in reality, members of the holy family, members of Moses and and and, and Jesus, members of Akhenaten's Amarna family, it was the Amarna family who established the the Dead Sea Scrolls area, the Qumran. Qumran, Amarna, and Qumran, the area, they, they, they went out with the Israelites, but they settled. Fascinating. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. We, we got on? everybody back. Yeah, we're still yeah. on. Okay. We were talking about the Armana family. Yeah, the thing is, uh, the last my last book, The Secret Origin of the Biblical uh, uh, Holy Family, is uh, I, I believe that the, the Holy Family of Akhenaten, which was living in Amarna, I mean, the, the, after the death of Moses and so on, and uh, and uh, uh, Akhenaten uh, and, and uh, I mean Tutankhamun, they went. The rest of the family went to uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls area and they established the Amarna. The Amarna, the Qumran is the Amarna thing. And they were there. And that is why I believe that the idea of descendants of Jesus from the marriage between Mary Magdalene uh, I mean, uh, and Jesus, descendants did survive and went to uh, the, and the, the, the idea of, of the divinity code that there are descendants of Jesus in France could be real. I mean, for the first time, I was able to establish the fact that they did. I mean, those people who established the Qumran are the same family of Amarna, the holy family of Moses and and Jesus. And this family went to Qumran, and from there, obviously, uh, they could have immigrated or taken by the uh, crusaders to France or to any part of the world. So it is real. It's not no longer fantasy as some people thought. Well, it, it makes perfect sense. And if that if that was the case, then their children certainly, you know, would have. I mean, there there is. Um, I mean, there are legends that that. Um, Mary was taken by Mary. Well, the legend is that Mary was taken by Joseph of um, Arimathea to France, and that um, there's a great deal. And the Cathars that are in in France are, are descendants from that line. Um, I mean, you can't you can't you know do the 23 and Me and say you know suddenly have them come up that Jesus was your you know 400th generation cousin or anything like that, but but again, it makes them live, living people that went through an incredible time of transcendence on an on a spiritual level here on the earth plane, and yes. provided you know a, a change for all of humanity. And it it's it's to me was was amazing. And I think I you 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 printed something in the book that I wrote down because I thought it was so. Moving, and I don't know if it was from John or Paul. I'm not sure who it was from, but it says, "Now we can understand the real message of Christ." And in what way was it to complete what Moses had done? For although Moses was able to recognize the unity of the Holy Spirit, his God was far away from um, from ordinary people, and um, although nobody really. Um, saw the risen Christ who dis- disappeared after 40 days, those who were able to witness his resurrection did not see him by their sight, but by their vision. It was there and then that their third eye was opened to recognize that God is not there, is not far away, but within each one of them. And then he quotes, see what, what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. 
um, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies, and the one who lives by believing in me will never die as well. So, so it's it's sort of like bringing a message home to ordinary people that that the revelations and the message it's all there, and it it really happened, and it's not just a story in a book that people preach from. It's a recollection of a memory that, that did occur. And, you know, okay, you know, they've, they've placed it in different ways in different time frames, but the message is still there. And um, I, I think the other thing that you were that, that, that you brought up here that, that was very important was that that Jesus was from a holy bloodline and Mary was a queen. And you want to go into that because, you know, by their birth, they were royalty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the idea of a Messiah is a king. The Messiah is a king. He seems to be dropping off again, Mark. Or are you dropping off? Or am I dropping off? Huh. Okay. Uh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. I, I just, um, you know, the 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 origin of the bloodline has always been there. It's it's important that we realize that there is a bloodline. Yeah. If you want to to have a special argument about that, I am ready to do it. Oh, it's not an argument. Uh, I'd love you to. <laughs> no, I believe there yeah. is a bloodline and. And the way you traced it back was quite fascinating, as as far as I was concerned, yeah. because you you did trace it back to the to the royalty of Egypt again. So yes, yeah. You want you want Thank to share for, with how? Uh, go ahead. Uh, my uh, my my uh, my I mean electricity is is fading uh, gradually. So I would like to thank you for inviting me, and uh, oh, I, like always, uh, we are on the same level. And uh, yes. I, I, I'm, uh, let us meet again, and let the Spirit guide us, both of us, and whoever is listening to us. Well, thank you so much, and I so appreciate your being here today. And and I will get back at you, and we will we will certainly delve more into a lot of your material. So um, stay well, and thank you very very much for being here. Thank you.